Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's a hump day, home and home, and it's not a marathon, folks. It is a sprint, at least as far as the hiring of NFL coaches go this season. It is remarkable how fast coaches are being hired and how much money they are now making, raising the bar for current and future coaches in the league. Speaking of the future, is the XFL leading the way for the NFL before their season even kicks off some fascinating new changes on the way in football in terms of overtime, in terms of nine-point touchdowns. Uh, We'll talk to Oliver Luck, the commissioner of the XFL, shortly. HomeandHomeRadio.com. Sports Original, we're brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Check them out, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter the smartest way to hire. Very different way to hire are the NFL team's process at the moment. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker's home in Pennsylvania. From our homes to your home markets, we will have reaction to the coaching hires from WFAN in New York from WFNZ in Charlotte, North Carolina, all those stations available on the radio.com app. Happy hump day to you, Ross Tucker. It is fascinating. It is a sprint. I have never seen a process quite like the one we're seeing with hiring head coaches. We'll get into Joe Judge. We'll get into Matt Rule, what Cleveland will do later on. But what strikes you about how quickly this process is moving as opposed to due diligence? Well, what strikes me about it, Dave, is that obviously the guys that are getting hired to this point, with I would argue the possible exception of Joe Judge with the New York Giants, they have other suitors. And as a result, they have leverage, as do the team. So I think what's happening here is with Ron Rivera – Daniel Snyder had fired Jay Gruden way earlier before anybody else. He was able to get on top of that, have the conversations. Ron, you'll be able to bring in the trainer that you want. You'll be able to bring in the coaches you want. You'll help us pick the front office executive. And Ron Rivera had things laid out the way he wanted. And Snyder was willing to give him those things and act quickly because he felt like Rivera was the number one candidate and he didn't want to lose his guy. And that's the same thing with the Dallas Cowboys and Mike McCarthy. And I know that I talked to Andrew Brandt, who worked with McCarthy in Green Bay, helped hire him in Green Bay this morning. And he said two teams not named the Dallas Cowboys reached out to him about Mike McCarthy. And I think Jerry Jones didn't want to take the chance that McCarthy would get the job somewhere else, whether it's Cleveland or Carolina or somewhere else. And McCarthy thought, ah, bird in hand, Dallas Cowboys, I'll take it. Same thing with Matt Rule. You know, Matt Rule was highly sought after. Everybody, myself included, thought Matt Rule was going to go to the New York Giants. And I think that intrigued the Carolina Panthers. 
It's like, hey, we can get the guy that the Giants want. We like him. Rule obviously was intrigued by being David Tepper, the new owner's first guy, if you will, his first real hire, the clean slate, the fact that Tepper obviously wants to make it work with Rule, although there are different reports there, which I think is interesting, Dave, that Matt Rule reached out to the Giants and said, hey, here's what Carolina's offering. I'm going. Can you guarantee you'll match that? And I'll fly to New York and I'll meet with you. And they wouldn't do it. So I don't know, Dave, do you look at that and say, wow, that's the Giants being cheap. The Giants should have brought him in and been willing to match that. Or do you look at that and say, no, no, no. The Giants found a guy they like better and they stiff armed Matt rule. Both sides are kind of trying to play that at any rate. That's why Rule got yeah. hired because he had options. The only guy, the only the only speed move that is a little bit interesting is the Joe Judge one with the Giants. So the question is, was that already in the works or on some level was it a reaction to the perception that the Panthers stole their guy? And that is the process question I don't understand. Yes, Ron Rivera was going to be hired. Mike McCarthy was going to have opportunities. Matt Rule clearly had an opportunity with the New York Giants. Those three, you can understand the rush. I don't get it with Joe Judge. Look, all the hot takers out there when this story broke about how this is a terrible hire and this guy doesn't know what he's doing and he's a wide receivers coach and this and that. No one knows if Joe Judge is going to be a great head coach. What the media, we the media does with head coaching hires each and every year is probably wrong 75% of the time. And anyone that tells you they know exactly what type of hire this is at 38 years old, having worked for Nick Saban and Bill Belichick, doesn't know what they're talking about. Unless you've talked to Bill Belichick, you probably don't know what Joe Judge is made of. We certainly do not. But I know that if you studied under two of the best head coaches in the history of our sport, arguably the two best, then, well, that is a pretty good resume. But I don't understand the rush to hire a guy like Judge before they even interview Josh McDaniels, which is one of the questions I have about the Giants process is, did they talk to Bill Belichick? Presumably they did, or they wouldn't hire a special teams coordinator and if they did talk to Belichick, did he not recommend hiring Josh McDaniels, who now has just the one job, potential job, in Cleveland that's available to him? Of course, there's some great candidates that are also interviewing with Cleveland, including Eric Bieniemy, which we'll get into later in the show. I did not mind Matt Rule calling the Giants and say, do you want to match this? A lot of Giants fans and media members were were angry about the attempted money grab that's business that is a smart play right there by Matt Rule who clearly did want to consider going back to the Giants where he worked and and this is the area he's from but David Tepper just changed the entire coaching process yes John Gruden makes more money and a longer commitment but most people around the league consider the the Davis family you know and everything that goes on with the Raiders just kind of an outlier um this will prob probably reset the market for head coaching hires in the future. If you are a current or a future head coach in the NFL, thank David Tepper for 
paying an absurd amount of money could be worth $70 million over 70 over seven years. Let's listen to Peter King yesterday on WFAN talk about this extraordinary sprint to the finish line regarding the hiring of head coaches. I think one of the, one of the real insane, really crazy things about this whole process is how every team just really sprints to try to get a coach after the season. Right. Uh, it, it's just, I think it's, I just think it's crazy. I, I just really do. And I point to the Frank Wright hiring. Um, he may turn out to be the best hire of 2018. You know, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's, uh, it, it's still young, just like um, the year that Doug Peterson got the job. He may turn out to be the, the best hire of that season. And that one took a while and he was not seen to be, a strong candidate that year's Peter King yesterday on WFAN in New York city, always available on the radio.com app. Uh, what do you make of, of Peter's assessment there? I prefer a long drawn out process where you interview all types of different candidates. But again, we get those first three hires. I like the way Cleveland's going to do it. No idea how it's going to end up. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about this, and we will more a little bit later in the show. I do think, you know, I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth, Dave, right? On the one hand, I really like the position that the Cleveland Browns are in right now. They can take their time. They can interview every candidate they want, come back with a wealth of information about their team, about processes, and feel really good that they're getting the best guy available. The flip side, though, Dave, is I actually thought Ron Rivera and or Mike McCarthy were the two perfect guys for the Cleveland Browns. And my three favorite candidates this hiring cycle, Mike McCarthy, Ron Rivera, and Matt Rule. (laughs) So that's the negative. But to your point, Frank Reich and Peter King's point, how about Doug Peterson? Back in 2016, Eagles didn't hire him until after the divisional round, after the Chiefs lost to the Patriots. And most rankings of the head coaching hirings had him dead last. They had him eight out of eight. I think there was eight new coaches hired in 2016. And I would argue, and I posited this on Twitter yesterday, at Ross Tucker NFL, you're at Dave Briggs TV, we are at RDC home and home. I think Doug Peterson has been the best head coach in the NFL over the last three years. I mean, he wins the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. Then the next year, he wins a road playoff game and gives the Saints all they could handle with a backup quarterback. Then this year, third straight playoff berth, another division championship, had his starting quarterback this time. It was just backups everywhere else, every other position. I mean, what coach has done more with less over the last three years combined. I don't think anybody than Doug Peterson. So if you're a Browns fan, you take a, a, a lot of uh, comfort in that and Frank Reich, I think. It has been a fascinating process. We have a poll up at RDC Home and Home. Who made the best hire at head coach right now? It is Dan Snyder leading the way, hiring Ron Rivera with 46%. We encourage you to weigh in on this poll, and Ross and I will order our head coaching hires later on in the program. Let's ask the commissioner 
about all this. What does he think of this crazy process? The commissioner of the XFL, Oliver Luck, joining us on Home and Home this morning. Sir, it is great to have you. It's Dave Briggs and Ross Tucker. Wonderful to have you on the show. The XFL season kicks off February 8th, six days after the Super Bowl. We'll talk about all the rule changes, the fascinating overtime shootout shortly. But what do you make of this crazy process in the NFL hiring coaches in a sprint and the massive amount of money being paid to head coaches? Well, first of all, good morning. Uh, it's great to be on your show, Ross and Dave. Thanks for having me. You know, e- every year, right, there's a, a, a frenzy to, to get the right guy. Uh, you know, it, it happens quickly. But, you know, keep in mind, right, general managers and others, they they kind of have an idea of who's out in the marketplace. They start their homework, you know, months ago in terms of trying to figure out, uh, you know, who, who might be of interest to them. So, uh, you know, they're getting the best guys they possibly can. And, and you know, you really don't know for, for the next three or four you know, years, right? It takes, I think, that long for a coach to kind of put his fingerprints on a, on a franchise and, and get him going. I love the Ron Rivera hire. I, I think Ron is a hell of a coach. You know, I really do. And I think he'll, he'll do well in D.C. And I, I love the McCarthy hire as well. Uh, I, I, think, I think Mike's going to do a fine job. Oliver, last question on that. Uh, just while we have you, the Browns are the only team that don't have a head coach yet. Do you feel like they're in a good position now in the sense that they can take their time and interview all the remaining guys, or are they in a bad spot because arguably the top three guys are off the board? Yeah, you know, it, it depends on, on sort of how they had uh, you know, the three guys who are gone, how they had them rated, quite honestly. I, you know, so it, it's, it's, I think, difficult to say. They do have the benefit of having some time, you know, to interview the, the, the candidates they want to interview. But, you know, and, and we'll probably never know where they where they had, you know, McCarthy rated or, you know, where they had Ron rated or, you know, whether whether Joe Judge was rated at all, right, because he kind of was, was not on, on most folks' radar screens. But I'm not sure we'll ever know. So, in a sense, it is what it is. But they've got the time now to, to get the right guy for their franchise. All right, let's talk about some of the interesting new rules you guys have unveiled for the XFL season, which opens just a week after, six days after the Super Bowl in Miami. One of the most fascinating ones is in stark contrast to what we've seen in the NFL the past two postseasons, and it's regarding overtime. We saw Patrick Mahomes sitting on the sideline last postseason because a coin flip essentially determines how overtime games end the postseason. And then we saw Drew Brees on Sunday without an opportunity to go out there and at least tie the game against the Vikings. You guys do it dramatically different. It is a shootout-style overtime procedure. Describe it for us. Well, we, we thought it was important that the you know starting offense, starting defense of, of the two teams that got you, you know, through the 60 minutes of regulation, in other words, got you into overtime, that, that those you know, 44 players should be the ones who decide uh, overtime, right? So, uh, in our in our overtime, uh, Team A, the offensive Team A, you know, plays against the uh, defensive Team B, and and vice versa, and they alternate alternate plays from the five yard line, plays from scrimmage, no no kicking involved. And so it's very much sort of like, uh, as you pointed out, a hockey shootout or or a soccer shootout. So, uh, you know the 22 starters of, of Team A and the 22 starters of Team B are really the ones who decide overtime. And we think that that's a, a very fair system because those are the 44 players that more or less got the, you know, got the, through the 60 minutes of regulation. 
What What are the other rules? I know that, you know, a lot of people are excited about the potential of the nine-point touchdown, Oliver, and I'm curious if you can kind of work your way through how you guys arrived at that possibility. So we, we uh, spent a lot of time, you know, looking at extra points, right? And even with, you know, the, the National Football League moving the kicker back, uh, it's still – you know, almost a fait accompli, right? The extra point kick. You know, it's it's become somewhat of a meaningless play. So we thought we would try to do something that would bring a whole bunch more strategy into the decision surrounding an extra point. So a touchdown in our league is worth six points, just like you know traditional football. But then you have a one point, a two point, and a three point option. They're all plays from scrimmage. The one-point uh, option is a, is, a, is a play from the two-yard line. The two-point option, a play from the five-yard line. And the three-point option, a play from the 10-yard line. So, you know, we think that makes sense because it just brings a boatload of strategy into the game. And, you know, strategy is what I think fans love about, about football. You, you can second-guess a coach on if he's going for one or, or two or three. And also, and this was important to us, also it allows – I think uh, a nine-point touchdown allows a team to get back into the game you know, much more quickly. So we, we think that makes sense. We think there'll be a premium on, on strategy. In fact, one of our head coaches, he'll remain nameless, you know, said to me privately that you know, he was thinking if his team scored a defensive touchdown, right, a pick six or a scoop and score, you know, because of that quick momentum change, he thought that that may be a time to go for three, even if it's early in, in, in the ball game. So I think that'll be fun. Our fans really, really liked that aspect of, of our rules innovation. And excitement is where a lot of these rules are geared, including the changes to kickoffs and punts from what we've seen in the NFL, the double forward pass, which will be allowed in the XFL. How do you balance the desire for excitement and more scoring with the desire across the country for, for safety as well? Well, you know, they're not necessarily mutually exclusive, right? So, you know, the health mm-hmm. and safety is, is certainly important. And, and, and you know, 20 years ago, people weren't really talking about it in terms of rules. But today, it's, it's front and center as it should be. And as a former player myself, as the father of a recently retired player, you know, health and safety is something that, that plays a role. So as we looked at all of these innovations, we wanted to do a couple of things. Number one, make sure we weren't going in the wrong direction as far as health and safety is concerned, because, you know, we care about not just our players, but all players. Uh, we also didn't want to do things that appeared to be gimmicky. And that, that, that was clear from our, our work that, that we did with, uh, with fan groups, with focus groups and all the market research. You know, fans don't want gimmicks. Fans love traditional football. So uh, we had to be also selective in the changes that we made from, let's say, from the NFL rulebook because, you know, we want, we, we want players to go out and play and not have to worry as they're fielding a punt if they're in college or in the NFL or in the XFL, right? We don't want you know, too much thinking going on in a sense. So uh, all of those were factors as we – kind of put our rules rules together. We worked with a whole bunch of uh, very experienced people. We got a bunch of retired coaches, guys like John Fox and Jim Caldwell, a current coach of Jim Harbaugh helped us with this effort. Got a bunch of players, including Doug Flutie. I really wanted a guy who had played quarterback in both 
the NFL and in the CFL because they do some interesting things up in the CFL that uh, some American football fans quite honestly aren't aren't that aware of. So we got uh, health and safety experts, we got TV people, we got some some tech people. Uh, we really wanted to make sure that uh, we had had good filters so that the innovations that we ultimately implemented were ones that really made sense and were all sort of backed by an underlying rationale, which basically is to allow us to play you know an up-tempo, fast-paced game. Uh, probably the most consequential change that we've made is the 25-second clock compared to what, uh, what, what, what we're used to now, which is a 40-second clock. So we think that combined with the, the, the ball-spotting officials is really going to help us play that fast-paced, up-tempo game that we're aiming for. Oliver, you mentioned uh, your son. I'm just curious because you and I talked, I guess maybe it was last year at the Super Bowl. Um, I'm curious, uh, what were your emotions uh, when when Andrew made the decision that he did and how's he doing now? Well, thanks for asking. He's doing great. He and his wife had the first uh, child, our first grandchild, about six weeks ago. Uh, we were with him over the holidays. Uh, he's, he's doing great. Very, you know, he's healthy, happy. Um, you know, we were... We, we wanted my wife and I whatever Andrew wanted, right? He's, uh, he's, he's a smart guy, uh, played the game, loved it, gave gave the, everything he had you know, to the game, and it got to a point where he just felt like he couldn't go on. So we you know supported that decision 100%. I've said this before, uh, but I, I, I truly believe that you know everybody in, in the National Football League it's obviously an intense physical game. Everybody's got an alarm clock. And, you know, very often that alarm clock goes off at times when they don't expect it. Usually it's when the coach tells you that you're cut, <laughs> you know, or they put you on waivers. But uh, yeah. for those guys that are sort of fortunate enough to determine their own, you know, fate, uh, that, that alarm clock goes off. Uh, and whenever it goes off, it goes off. So we, we supported him uh, 100% in his, in his decision. But for a lot of us, and we're talking Oliver Luck, the commissioner of the XFL, season opens February 8th. For a lot of us, we just hit the snooze button for a while, Commissioner, and then, and then we wake up again. Uh, any chance he comes back to the game he loves? Well, you know, I, I, I hate to speculate, and I can't really speak for him. I can tell you he's, a, he's very buoyant, upbeat, you know, positive, uh, in, a, in a great place. I, I didn't, at least over the holidays, notice any desire to get back in the field. So, uh, but I guess I wouldn't rule anything up. So, Oliver, you were talking about um, the rules and all that stuff. Here's what I want to know. Let's talk officiating, Oliver. What, are, are you doing anything different officiating-wise? Because you know it's been such a source and area of frustration in the NFL this year. Sure. So, uh, we've done a couple of things that I think fans will, will like. Uh, first of all, uh, we've hired Dean Blandino, who used to run the NFL officiating program. And Dean, Dean's awesome. Uh, he has the respect of coaches. Uh, he's putting our crews together. Uh, we've we've emphasized that we don't want a game that's too technical in terms of the officiating. And we're working with a replay system, Hawkeye, and we'll have a, a sky judge. We'll give that sky judge the opportunity uh, to, to, to to you know make calls, uh, but we want those calls made in 60 seconds or less, right? We don't want to you know unduly influence the rhythm and the flow of of the game. Uh, we also have an eight-man crew with a ninth guy who has no other responsibility but spotting the ball because we want to play fast and you gotta gotta get the ball spotted. We don't want you know the offense lined up waiting for the for the ball to get spotted. So uh, we 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 got a big clinic with all of our officials that's coming up in Houston where our training camp is right now. 
So we've got, uh, you know, we think we've got a pretty good plan. It's a hard game, as you guys know, to officiate. Uh, we don't want to be overly technical, but I've got uh, the utmost confidence in Dean Blandino. He's uh, probably the most capable guy in terms of officiating and building sort of a philosophy and, and implementing that philosophy. Uh, the most capable guy in the country. So we're, we're excited about that. Very much looking forward to having Dean Blandino here on Home and Home. Talking to Oliver Luck, the commissioner of the XFL. Would the NFL be better off with the sky judge? Do you like what's happening, in particular with the pass interference rule in the NFL? Well, I'll, I'll uh, defer any, any comments about uh, what's happening in the, in the, in the, in the, in the NFL. Uh, yeah, we're kind of focused on what, what we're doing. We think the sky judge has a, a valuable role. Uh, certainly, both from a health and safety perspective, but also in the last five minutes, you know, because, you know, at that point, you don't have a chance to overcome a, a bad call. So we think we want to get the right call, but we want to do that without unduly influencing the rhythm and the, and the flow of the game. That's very important to us. And that's, that's all coming from what, what fans have, have said to us. Oliver, I'm curious. I, I enjoyed watching the AAF. I saw that they got decent ratings. Um, are the ratings that the AAF got, if, if you have someone with the financial backing like you guys do of Vince McMahon, is that enough to have sustained success or do you need to get better ratings than they got? Well, I, I think it's, it's difficult really to compare us uh, and, and our partnerships, right, with, uh, with both Fox and Disney. Disney, of course, with ABC and ESPN. We've got you know, incredible visibility coming out of the gate. Opening game is, you know, live on ABC. So all of our games are going to be on ABC, ESPN, uh, or, you know, Fox, FS1. So incredible visibility. Uh, the the AAF really only had one game on, on, you know, big CBS. Everything else was on CBS Sports Network. So it's I think it's difficult to compare them. I think that, uh, you know, because of the visibility, because of the, Sort of power, if you will, that that Fox and, and uh, Disney bring to the table. That I think we'll get, you know, very good ratings. I'm, you know, it's, it's hard to predict. It's hard to say. I hesitate to put any number out there. Uh, but I, I think we'll we'll do well. I think we can play a, a good quality uh, game. I think we can, you know, play that up tempo, fast paced game that fans have said they they want us to play. Uh, we've got uh, you know quality coaches, guys like you know Bob Stoops and Mark Trustman and Pep Hamilton. You know, they, they know how to coach and know how to play. And, and our players, we, we're, we're in training camp right now in Houston, about 560 guys down there. And uh, I've been impressed with, you know, the quality of, you know, players like Cardale Jones that I'm really excited to see. I hope he can sort of reclaim some of that magic he had, you know, during that marvelous Ohio State run back in the early uh, first year of the CFP when they won the national championship. So there's some good, good quality players that, uh, that I'm certainly excited to see. So I, I, I think we can do well on, on, uh, on, you know, with both of our partners, Fox and, and, uh, and Disney. Talking to Oliver Luck, commissioner of the XFL, uh, about the upcoming XFL season, quality players and coaches. I can't help but notice among those coaches, there are three black head coaches of eight teams in the XFL, the same number, commissioner, as the NFL has three black head coaches. Do they have a problem? How do they fix the Rooney rule? Oh, uh, you know, I'll again, I'll I'll defer on, on giving any suggestions to to the National Football League. I, you know, as I sat down and, and tried to figure out what sort of head coach, you know, I, I wanted in, in our in, in our league. 
you know, I, I, I had a pretty extensive list and talked to a lot of folks and got a lot of great, you know, recommendations from people. And, you know, I knew Pep Hamilton, obviously, from his time as a, as an offensive coordinator with both the Colts and at Stanford with Coach Harbaugh when my kid was out there. Uh, I was very familiar with Winston Moss from his time up in, in, in Green Bay with Mike McCarthy, Teddy Thompson, the former GM of the Packers was an old uh, teammate of mine with the Houston Oilers, and Ted and I, uh, you know, stayed close over the years. And, you know, they raved about Winston and to his, uh, you know, his his coaching ability. Uh, and then Jonathan Hayes, you know, great player back in the day for the Chiefs and the Steelers, uh, you know, longtime assistant for Marvin Lewis in, in Cincinnati. Uh, I thought I thought he was the guy that uh, you know was going to be a, a great head coach. So, you know, we didn't. I don't think I looked at the guys as white or black. You know, we went out and got the best coaches that we possibly could for our league. And I'm delighted that we got, uh, you know, we got three African-Americans out of the eight. But uh, we just went and, and looked at, at, at the talent and who could play that up-tempo, fast-paced game. And that was, you know, that was exciting for us. So I I, I think those guys are going to do, you know, very well in our league, along with, you know, Mark Trestman and June Jones and Bob Stoops, all guys that uh, you know, have long, extensive resumes as well. Uh, last one for me, Oliver. I- I'm just curious, how tempting is it, was it, whatever, to more or less take a, I don't want to say a shortcut, but to try to get the attention that would be generated from guys like Johnny Manziel, Tim Tebow, and Colin Kaepernick? Did you make that effort? Why or why not? Well, you know, we signed probably about uh, you know eight nine hundred players to put in our draft pool. We had a draft back in mid October, stocked up our rosters, did a supplemental draft uh, towards the end of November. You know as the NFL season was winding down, and we're still sort of adding players. You know as as always happens right during training camp as a, as a guy gets nicked up or whatever. So you know we relied very heavily on our personnel guys, guys like Daryl Johnson, who's, you know, doing Bob Stoops' personnel in Dallas and, and the head coaches themselves. So, you know, we've got obviously salary restrictions. <laughs> you know, we're not operating with uh, with NFL levels of, of, you know, dollars and cents in terms of compensating players. Uh, and we think we, we've got a great group of, uh, of, of, of quarterbacks, right? Uh, we think that we've got guys like Cardale Jones. I, I There's one player I'm really excited to see. It's, it's a guy like him, right? Because of sort of his story and, you know, coming out a year early from, from school, probably hurt himself in the long run, but, you know, can he regain uh, that magic? We got, uh, you know, some, some really good young quarterbacks. Let's get Jordan Te'amu from, from Old Miss who's down in St. Louis, a uh, very skilled, talented kid, uh, young, a little bit rough around the edges. I'm looking forward to watching him play and see, see how quickly he picks up on, on, you know, the offense that uh, the Jonathan Hayes and Chuck Long and, and the St. Louis team is putting in place. So we, we think we got a great group of players. I'm reluctant to comment on any anybody outside of, the, of our of our circle, but we think we've got arguably the best 560 players that are not currently under an NFL contract that, you know, are in, are in Houston training up uh, for the start of the season. Just about out of time with Oliver Luck, commissioner of the XFL. Quick question before we go. Antonio Brown, if a GM or a head coach wanted to kick the tires on the former Steelers, Raiders, Patriots wide receiver, uh, what would you say about that? Yeah, I, you know, that's, that's a, a good question. The short answer is I don't know. <laughs> you know, he's, uh, we, we'd have to do a bunch of research to, to make sure. You know, Vince has told me, listen, not only do I want Oliver great you know, football players, I want men of good character in, in, in the league. 
And again, I don't want to make comment on any, anybody specifically, but that's something we'd have to we'd have to go through our process. All of our guys have gone through extensive background checks uh, because again, Vince wants uh, you know he wants good character folks in our league. Talking, of course, about Vince McMahon. Tell we'd love to have him on the show. And before we go, a story we are discussing later here on the program. This is a wild one. The wife of Dwayne Wade, who is Gabrielle Union, actress, activist, author, uh, tweeted over the weekend, Commissioner, that she had an Uber driver ask to come in and use her bathroom. She allowed that to happen. I won't tell you if it was one or a two, but you can pretty well guess. Have you ever had a wild experience with an Uber driver? Would you let one come into your home? <laughs> I'd have to think about that. I, I would probably say <laughs> yes, but I, I don't know. It's, it's a case of first impression, as the lawyers say. Yeah, you definitely would have to to read the defense at that moment. Uh, <laughs> snap judgment. <laughs> That's right. You may have to call a quick audible if necessary. <laughs> yeah, you'd really have to fire a quick audible there. All right, Commissioner Oliver Luck of the XFL. The season starts February 8th. That's six days after the Super Bowl. We can't wait for it, sir. And if you've got a spot for a 40-year-old offensive lineman, I think Ross Tucker could crush no, it in the XFL. We will gladly give Ross a tryout. Yes, Tucker, no. let's do it. No chance, none. Uh, I don't know uh, how anybody plays anything at 40 at all. <laughs> TV I hear you. All right, Commissioner, we appreciate the time. We eagerly await the season. Thank you, sir. All right, thanks for having me on, Dave, Ross. Take care, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Ross, no tryout for the XFL. You're still in great shape, brother. Well, if I did try out now, it would be to be a blocking tight end at 252 pounds this yeah. morning. And uh, I think I could probably give you a two or three plays. The problem is, Dave, I'm in a position in life where I have to hold on to something when I sneeze. Otherwise, I throw my back out. Probably not a great look to play professional football if before you sneeze, you got to quick grab something. Otherwise, I'm going to throw my back out. So that would be a no for me. What would be a yes is ZipRecruiter. Now, that is something I could sign up for, and I already have, because ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As the applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, it's the smartest way to hire. Speaking of hiring, a fascinating hiring process in the NFL Almost as quick as ZipRecruiter. Maybe the NFL is trying to keep up with ZipRecruiter by making such fast hires. Some cases even faster regarding Joe Judge headed to the New York Giants. We'll break down 
all the fascinating hires in the NFL. We will rank them for you ahead on Home and Home. It's a hub day, home and home. How did the home markets react to the hiring of new head coaches with the Carolina Panthers and the New York Giants, both at breakneck speed? One surprised the entire NFL world in the biggest media market in the NFL. Joe Judge headed to the Giants. Matt Rule, former Baylor coach, head of the Carolina Panthers. And in resetting the market, for coaching money in the NFL, wow, you are happy this morning if you are a current or perhaps a future head coach in the NFL. Home and HomeandHomeRadio.com Sports Original are brought to you by Zip Recruiter. The only thing as quick as the NFL in hiring is Zip Recruiter. Check them out, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. I'm Dave Briggs in Connecticut. Ross Tucker's in Pennsylvania. That's where Joe Judge played his high school football, he was a quarterback, and he was the shocking hire in the NFL world yesterday. Ross, first came Matt Rule, our friend Pete Thamel at Yahoo Sports breaking that story, and later the day we learned it was seven years, 60 million, could be worth 70 million, and just hours later, the Giants are on the board with Joe Judge, a 38-year-old special teams uh, coordinator with the Patriots, also coached the wide receivers there, has five rings, two from college with Saban, three in the NFL with Bill Belichick. What do you make of the two hires? Which do you prefer? Well, I definitely prefer Matt Rule. And, and I think you can make an argument either way. But I prefer Matt Rule because, number one, he's been a head coach before. Joe Judge never has. And you either have or you haven't. It's a difference. Obviously, the Giants and I think Bill Belichick felt like Joe Judge could do a good job in front of the room and that he could handle himself in that respect. But there's a lot of learning on the job when you're a head coach. Matt Rule has already done it, and he hasn't just already done it, Dave. He has excelled. I mean, the history of Temple's football program They've had three 10-win seasons. He has two of them. Then he goes to Baylor, where they couldn't have been worse. They hit rock bottom after the Art Bryles thing. And by the way, he's a Northeast guy. He has no connections whatsoever to the state of Texas. For him to go in there and turn that thing around that quickly, it's very impressive. I almost forgot this day, but I've actually interviewed Matt Rule before as a head coaching candidate. Back uh, when Princeton was hiring their head coach, who's Bob Serace, an excellent job, I was on the hiring committee for Princeton. And Matt Rule was, mm. at the time, the offensive coordinator for Temple. And we interviewed him, and he was extremely impressive. And I actually knew him a little bit before that, but knowing him since then. And by the way, I think we we interviewed like nine guys, maybe, Dave. It was like a three-day thing. I mean, it was an extensive process. It was a serious commitment. And I will say this, from that experience, some of the guys that I had really high hopes for had really disappointing interviews. <laughs> Conversely, a guy that I had never heard of and none of us had, absolutely blew us away. So I don't know if that speaks to 
the importance of the process and being thorough, or if you could argue that perhaps maybe we put too much into the interviewing process. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I just know, wow, uh, it was very important. And there were guys that we were just like, ah, see you later. And other guys that thought, wow, this guy's kind of awesome. You know, this guy's really got a shot at this thing. We ended up hiring Bob Serace, by the way, from the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the rest is history. It's been the best run for Princeton football since like the 50s or 60s. He's been fantastic. So uh, clearly, Dave, I know who to hire. Like ZipRecruiter, I know exactly uh, who to hire for these jobs. You are the man to hire head coaches. This I know. The judge puns are going to get ugly in New York City. They've got Aaron Judge, the star of the Yankees, and Joe Judge now coaching the Giants. And here are the headlines on the back pages. Judge over rule. The New York Daily News, the judge is in on the New York Post. This is my question and my pun for the day. I'll just use one. A rush to judgment on both halves. The fans rush to judgment. The media rush to judgment in terms of how bad a hire this was. But I don't understand why the rush to judgment from the New York Giants no one was going to steal Joe Judge out from under you with the exception of his alma mater, Mississippi State. Take your time. Kick the tires on Josh McDaniels. Unless, of course, the great unknown there is if Bill Belichick, for some reason, recommends Judge over McDaniels. Needless to say, they talked to Bill Belichick about a 38-year-old special teams coordinator, and I would think Josh McDaniels came up in that conversation. That is my biggest question regarding hiring someone out of New England. But let's listen to the reaction from WFAN to the hiring of Joe Judge, the stunner, yesterday morning. Peter, we got some breaking news for you. This is coming from Adam Schefter's verified account. New yep. York Giants are finalizing a deal to make Patriots wide receivers coach Joe Judge their next head coach. I've never met him in my life, so I I hate to say it, but that, that is, as much as anything that's happened in any of these jobs, that one shocks me. Wow. Somebody from the SEC somewhere, somebody said, oh, don't hire Joe Judge. There's a lot better candidates than him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm stunned. I think that that reaction, Joe Judge Joe really. Joe Judge? Joe Judge really, I think, was the reaction oh from every Giant I'm fan sh- now, at about 11.45. It shows the ineptness of this organization, but it's it's been like that for a while, and we kind of think that they're going to get, they're going to move on and they're going to do something better, and it just seems to be come back and come back and come back. I don't even think this is Gettleman's fault. I think this is Marin Tish's fault because if they wanted him and everything showed they wanted him, you don't hesitate at all. You go, you offer them everything that they want, any concerns that they want, especially in my personal opinion, rule probably a big concern for him is Gettleman. I'm not going to BS you guys. Um, I saw rule was going to the Giants. Credit to David Tepper. I mean, I like, I mean, for a new owner to come in and swoop in and do this um, is very impressive. You sure this isn't like an Adam Schmurfter account or Ian Rapapoo or one of these fake accounts that we think is a real account and it's not verified? You know, Jason Schmock and Florka. So I go and I look. 
and damn it, it was! Joe Judge is the next head coach of the New York Giants. I cannot believe that the Giants in this stage of their organization couldn't even get Matt Rule in the building and then ended up hiring a guy who hasn't even had coordinator experience. Radio.com Red Zone with WFAN in New York with some great and uh, diverse reaction to the hiring of Joe Judge. Later, we'll hear from WFNZ in Charlotte how they reacted to Matt Rule and the massive contract handed out, which I think resets the entire market for coaches in the NFL. It is going to change at breakneck speed in the years ahead. Ross, let me recycle my pun. Why the rush to judgment, though? And what do you make of the fact the judge gets the job over Josh McDaniels. Well, all, all good questions, Dave. So first of all, you make a good point. I think the rush to judgment was Mississippi State. You know, if you're Joe Judge, he was going to take one of those two jobs. He was he would have taken. I mean, it's his alma mater. I think he was going to take the Mississippi State head coaching job. So the only explanation there, or twofold, right? Threefold. Yeah. Number one, they knew he was the guy they wanted. Why wait? Hey, people get engaged after a couple weeks. I knew she was the one I wanted. Number two, he needed to know. Mississippi State offered him the job. Like, I, I need to know. They're offering me. I never made that much money. They're offering me $6 million a year to coach college football. Like, do you want me or not? If you want me, I'd rather be a Giants head coach, but I kind of need to know. Uh, and then number three would be as a PR move almost and a reaction to the Panthers hiring Matt Rule because they knew the perception would be that the Panthers stole their guy, that they didn't get their guy. So those are the three reasons there. As for why Judge and not Josh McDaniels, that is an interesting one. And so you wonder, did Belichick give a more favorable recommendation because he's got so much respect for the Giants and the Mara family. Did Belichick give a more favorable recommendation for Judge than he did for McDaniels? And then if that's the case, did he do it because it's what's best for the Giants? Or did he do it because he didn't want McDaniels to leave? He, Judge, Judge is replaceable. Yeah. McDaniels isn't. You know, I, I got to tell you, I'm not big on uh, I'm not big on trusting Belichick's motives. Let's put it that way. I I have to entirely agree with you, and that was my instant reaction here. There is no way, no chance the Giants organization hired Joe Judge without the explicit recommendation of Bill Belichick, which implies that he might have preferred they hire Judge over McDaniels. And yes, we don't know the reason. We may never know the reason. Was it for their own self-interest to keep Josh McDaniels in New England to allow him to succeed? Uh, Bill Belichick there. That is the most fascinating situation to watch in the NFL. Hopefully some reporting will emerge from that situation because it's impossible to understand how that could happen without the man who knows them both better than anyone in the game. It is just a head spinning situation. Uh, and then you, you talk about, I think problematic here, and we'll get into this more later in the program is the utter laughable situation. And it's not funny, but it is a joke. The Rooney rule is just ridiculous at this point. There is 
just no process involved that's going to lead to the hiring of more black head coaches in the NFL. Talked to Oliver Luck, the commissioner of the XFL, about this earlier. The XFL has eight teams, three black head coaches. I think you know how many teams are in the NFL. They, too, have three black head coaches. Is it just a mockery at this point? That again, I'm not saying Joe Judge is a is going to be a bad head coach, but when you look at resume, it's not even close between he and Eric Bieniemy. In particular, when Andy Reid has really gone on and extolled the virtues of Eric Bieniemy in terms of what he's done for the culture of the Kansas City Chiefs and the offense, the play calling. What's your take on the lack of a process really right now? And the fact that we have the same amount of head black head coaches in the NFL today as there were in 2003 when the Rooney rule was enacted. Well, a couple of thoughts, Dave. And and some of these I'm just playing devil's advocate. And some of these uh, are, are legitimate questions. Like, I mean, maybe Biennemi is a really bad interviewer, right? I mean, he, he's now gotten a bunch of interviews. Maybe he just struggles in that area. I don't know. There are certainly white candidates that have struggled in that area and haven't gotten jobs for years when people thought Mm. they deserved it. Mike Zimmer famously didn't get a job for three or four years because he was too blunt and too gruff and rough around the edges when he talked to owners. So I don't know. I'm not in that room. I can tell you, though, from my experience, There was a wide range, a wide disparity in the performance of the candidates that we interviewed for the Princeton head coaching position. And if 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 you interview several candidates and and a couple of them are clearly a lot better and a lot more impressive than a couple others, no matter what their uh, race is, I mean, The guy I was most excited about in that process, Dave, and had by far the best resume, was, by the way, a white guy. Awful interview. Terrible. I mean, we all knew probably within the first five minutes that we could just stop it. I mean, it it, it was that bad. So that's number one. Number two is... I, I never heard anyone that really has a good solution. I mean, Dave, we are now at the point where they at least interview one minority candidate for every job opening. I don't know what else you want them to do. I mean, the only thing I could think of is to extend that to coordinator positions, extend that to quarterback coaching positions, maybe all positions you have to interview at least one minority for every position so that more of them get more opportunities in front of people. Because otherwise, I don't know what, like, whether it's conscious or subconscious or whatever, when they interview candidates, they're going to pick the guy they think is going to do the best job. And I think they're going to do it regardless of race. But maybe part of it's subconscious. You know, I've I've heard people say people hire people that look like them. You hear the same thing. Uh, with women getting jobs. Yeah, you know, people uh, also hire people that they, they're familiar with, that they know, that they've worked with. And, and I think you nailed it with the, the process far below the head coach position. That's where the Rooney rule has to 
expand into? Because the problem is there's not enough candidates. There are two offensive coordinators that are black in the NFL. Two, Biennemi's one. And of course, in Tampa Bay is the other one. Two, there's one black general manager, Greer, with the Miami Dolphins. So the problem is lower in the ranks. You've got to have the same process involved when hiring a quarterback's coach, an offensive line's coach, a wide receiver's coach. Yes, you've got to fill the system with more candidates. That will allow them to trickle up. But at the top, we can't ignore, real quick, we can't ignore the problem that these are old, white, rich, billionaire, conservative men, and there is one owner in the NFL who's not white, Uh, Con in Jacksonville. So look, it's from the top all the way to the bottom and something dramatically needs to change in the seasons ahead. Okay, so you say that and I understand that. But first of all, the ownership is not going to really change. So what I would say to you is that's always been the case. And it was fairly recently where there was six to eight African-American head coaches. So even though the owners are all these old white guys or whatever, there still was a time where I think it was 25% of the league or close to it were African-American coaches, but they weren't able to keep their jobs. They weren't able to have success. You know, Marvin Lewis, I think, did a tremendous job, had awesome success. I'd like to see him get another opportunity. To do what he did in Cincinnati was, in my mind, amazing. I'd like to see Jim Caldwell probably get another opportunity. Although some will say, well, he got two, one in Indy, one in Detroit. He probably deserves it. The point is, is a lot of these other guys, you know, Vance Joseph and Steve Wilkes and Hugh Jackson. I mean, they weren't just bad, Dave. They were a disaster. I mean, they were a disaster. And no matter, you know, what your race is, they're not going to keep you if the team struggles the way their team struggled. Yeah, it's interesting, though. It's not just in the hiring process. It's the firing process. And I talked about this with Adam Kilgore, Washington Post, yesterday. When you look at what the what the uh, Detroit Lions did with Caldwell, 36-28, and 28, made the playoffs, won 11 games one season. He's let go. Matt Patricia, 9-19-1, is retained as head coach of the Lions. So it doesn't just appear, yeah, and let's just use the word. It doesn't just appear racist in the hiring but also in the firing process. We'll get more into this with Steven Ruiz, lead NFL writer for the win. That is a USA Today property. Got to check out their Twitter feed, their information. The website is incredible. Steven Ruiz joins us after the break to talk about the hiring process and the new head coaches in the NFL. After a break, a bizarre hiring process suddenly in the NFL. Speaking of hiring processes, how about ZipRecruiter? They send your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As the applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you, yeah you, never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, our listeners, home and home listeners, can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com enter. 
That ziprecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey everybody, it's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day exclusively on the radio.com app or on the web at radio.com slash home. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.